Hey everyone, welcome to the More to Movement podcast. Today we are talking about muscle slings. Slings change the perspective of how we look at movement from an isolated view to a more interdependent view. But the question is, does that really matter? And does it make a difference? After discussing this topic and trying some of the exercises I'll present, you be the judge. Let's get started. Welcome to the More to Movement podcast, where we break down the science behind movement and provide you with tangible takeaways so you can take charge of your health and fitness and achieve lasting results. If you're ready to optimize your efforts, move with purpose, and invest in your health and performance with confidence and vigor, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Pete Rowletter. Hey, what's up, movers? Thanks so much for joining me. I really hope all of you are happy, healthy, and thriving right now. I mean that. I really do. You know, there's so much going on in the world right now. And although things can be really tough, I hope you found or are at least looking for the silver lining in your unique situation. I know, I know I've been, I've been trying and really that's the mindset we have to have, right? When, when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. Or when the going gets tough, the tough get going. You've heard those before. And as cliche as they are, they hold a lot of truth. Simply to change our circumstances, we must change our mindset. We must embrace our struggle and use it as a catalyst for growth. I mean, hopefully that's what you've been doing um, over the last few months. Maybe that growth is achieving the success you want. Maybe many of you have, have really worked and have achieved those goals you've set out to get. Perhaps that growth comes from a failure, but you've gained insight to do it better next time around. Everything that happens can be an opportunity for growth if we're open to it. And me, I'm no exception. I've had my share of ups and downs the last few months. And sometimes, you know, I just wasn't willing to see the opportunity and the difficulty. But regardless, I I doubled down on my efforts to improve my mindset because I know how vital it is for development. It's amazing how the right mindset can start to spur creativity. And, you know, I've been knee deep in some in some fun projects that I'm excited to share with you all in the coming months. So stay tuned for that. But all that to say, regardless of where your journey has taken you, you can always alter your course. Whether that be your health, your fitness, your career, or life, it all starts with a choice. A choice to change the lens through which you see your situations, good situations or even rough situations, as an opportunity to learn and grow. And when we learn and grow, we take steps forward and taking steps forward, even small ones are steps in the right direction of progress. So speaking of learning and growing, I want to chat about approaching how we look at improving movement. Now, the fitness industry is heavily aesthetic focused and not just literally most goals revolve around modifying physiological components like decreasing body fat uh, building muscle so the emphasis naturally ends up on individual muscular development now there's nothing wrong with that but i've noticed with the current and future fitness professionals that i work with the you know quote isolated approach influences their approach to more complex patterns and skilled movements too. Perhaps it's natural because we can't see under the skin, so the approach stays superficial. But just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not impacting our outcomes. So let me give you an example. Here's a visual. I was observing a fitness professional uh, work with an athlete. 
And that coach had the athlete performing walking lunges. Now the coach continued to cue the athlete. I mean, he was fired up, but he kept cueing the athlete to get low, get low, get low, get low. Now, though the athlete was getting low, his, his back knee was touching the ground with that lunge. The athlete was actually excessively flexing or bending over at the trunk on each rep and moved more horizontally. So like leaned into the lunge rather than dropping down into the lunge to really engage the hip complex. So from an outside perspective, the athlete was getting low and was, you know, quote, really working his legs, but having a grasp on movement in just the slightest way, you'd have some red flags raised and not because we have some unattainable expectation of perfect movement patterns, but because the athlete's movement discrepancies were significant enough to potentially hinder functional capacity and performance. And that was seen shortly after, actually, because the coach transitioned into more sprint uh, and agility drills. And when the athlete actually progressed into those sprint drills, he had very minimal arm drive. He was rotating at the trunk and he had a really short stride. So his, his sprint mechanics and his gait mechanics were, were off. Now, am I saying that bad lunges caused subpar sprinting gait? No, not at all. I'm not saying that. Am I saying that poor force transfer through the body and possible muscle imbalance, uh, or, or possible, lack of muscle engagement could have had, could that have potentially prevented optimal performance yeah that's what i'm saying absolutely so we have to look at how the body works together to accomplish movement not just the individual muscles and that can be tough that can be tough if we're not used to looking at this bigger picture so obviously movement is complex and is influenced by several factors like the central nervous system or motor unit recruitment. But I want to focus on how the muscles of the body interact to transfer force. So I'm going to focus on today. And so that focus is going to be on muscle slings. Now I know I've mentioned them before in previous episodes, but I want to spend some time defining them and discussing their importance further. I want to give you some examples of how to train these systems to improve your movement efficiency. So we got to do a little blast from the past here. We got to go back and talk about something I've brought up before. Let's talk about some myofascial chains and how they, how they work with the muscle slings. So these are a concept that describe the synergistic relationship of force transfer through adjacent myofascial and muscular tissue. There have been several systematic reviews of the research regarding muscle slings, and although more studies are needed to really fully understand the multi-layered mechanisms at play, it's been concluded that the connective tissue of the human body is linked and that tension can be transferred through these linked fascial chains. So simply put, slings are groups of muscles that help control stabilize and transfer force efficiently through the body by working synergistically to perform movement. I gave you all some visuals of fascia in my earlier episodes, but I want to revisit and expand upon them a bit. We've established that muscles don't operate as independent units, but as a linked synergistic network working together to accomplish movement. 
this approach has been reinforced with cellular research identifying contractile cells, free nerve endings, and mechanoreceptors within the fascia, suggesting that fascia actually has proprioceptive properties and is mechanically active. This means that the network has the potential for its own means of force transfer to contribute to movement, that it can actually independently increase or decrease tension. This has potentially huge implications for movement and training. This is pretty cool stuff. But of course, you know, further research is, is required. But um, just understanding that fascia has the potential to independently increase or decrease tension could have significant implications to training. So that's something we're going to keep an eye on uh, as research continues. Fascia is what holds us together. It's a sticky and fibrous protein that surrounds everything in the body and it resembles a spider web. It's kind of a nice visual for it. It resembles a spider web. And let's revisit a visual I gave in an earlier episode. Imagine one long string connected from the bottom of your foot to the back of your skull. Now, each muscle, of course, has its own unique attachment point, origins and insertions. They are all surrounded, though, by the fascial network, which connects with structures next to it. So, in actuality, your foot is connected to your skull through that same fascial tissue, not necessarily the actual muscles, but the fascial tissue that surrounds the muscles. With this concept in mind, are we really isolated when a muscle contracts? That's something to think about. We need to look at how groups of muscles, not individual muscles, work together to transfer force, further to stabilize the bones and the joints, and of course, accomplish movement. When a muscle contracts, force travels beyond the length of itself. The force just doesn't stop when it reaches the end. It's transmitted through connected structures and can contribute to overlapping structures or slings, as we've been talking about, in accomplishing movement. The more dynamic a movement, the more contributing forces are utilized. So just think of all the differences between a heel raise and an all-out sprint. You can visualize the difference in muscle contribution, definitely. Heel raise is going to be much more isolated, but a sprint which incorporates the, the posterior chain, the triceps, sorry, of gastro, the gastrocnemius and, and the soleus, but it's much more than that. You need much more muscle contribution to accomplish a sprint. So when you think about how complex a sprint is and all the contributing musculature and all the force transferring, we need a stable structure for these forces to travel and we need that structure to mitigate the constantly changing patterns so enter our star player here which is the hip complex i've used this analogy before but i think it really drives the point home so i want you to think of a large highway interchange so here in atlanta we have something called the spaghetti junction and if you've been here, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the intersection of two major highways as well as several access roads. And being one of the worst cities in the nation for driving and traffic, you can imagine how congested it can be. I like this visual because the hips work as an interchange of sorts. The hips transfer and direct force up and down the body through a smooth process until something hinders it, like a fender bender that blocks an exit. 
traffic is redirected and slowed, making the drive less efficient. The same with the body. If we have something hindering our force transfer, such as an injury or poor muscle activation, our movements will suffer just like the traffic does. Force needs to travel through the hips effectively, and the research points to several components contributing to pelvic stability. Some of those components include the relationship of the anatomical structures of the pelvis, so like the articulation of the bones, the integrity and the structure of the sacroiliac joint, the influence of the central nervous system, the integrity of ligaments, and of course, active muscle force. So I'm going to focus on the active muscle force. So by, by focusing on that, we have groups of muscles in this lumbar pelvic hip complex that help actually control, stabilize, and transfer force efficiently through the body. I love this next visual. I think this really helps too. Think of a bungee cord. Um, they're typically wrapped around something you want to secure, and they're great at absorbing shock. Bungees are a useful image for the slings because these groups of muscles are interconnected to stabilize the hip complex and assist with movement by absorbing and transferring force. So to keep it really simple, I want you to imagine bungees or bungee cords that wrap around your waist and your lower back, twist around your legs and attach to your shoulders. Now, if you have that visual, you can imagine how the mid region and the hips are secured and supported. Now, however, the slings promote and, and contribute to movement in addition to support and stability. So that visual kind of gives you that the, the more stability and supporting uh, component there. But remember that our slings actually promote movement along with that support and stability. So to put these concepts to the test, I want you to try the following exercises, and I want you to rate yourself. I want you to rate yourself from one to three. So three is awesome, meaning you nailed it, knocked it out of the park. Two means it could improve, and a one means you need to address it. This didn't go well, didn't feel well, didn't feel good, and I could really work on it. Base your score on how well you can move through the pattern and control the movement. So I want you to consider balance, I want you to consider your coordination, and I want you to consider your muscular engagement while you're evaluating yourself. And be real with yourself, be honest, right? It doesn't really help to cheat or to not do this, this self-audit, as you will, without being honest, because you're you're not gonna really find areas that you can work on. So. If you're more of a visual person, uh, keep in mind, I have videos of these exercises on the show notes page. You can head over to moretomovement.com forward slash episode 21, and uh, you can just visualize these, uh, watch these videos so that you can execute them and give them a shot. So let's go to the first one here. First one is a lying elbow to knee crunch hold. Lying elbow to knee crunch hold. So lie down on your back, arms overhead, and legs straight. Now at the same time, perform a crunch exercise and as you move up, bring your right elbow and left knee together and try to touch them at the peak of your crunch. Return to the start and repeat with the opposite arm and leg. So give that one a shot. Once you've done that one, move on to the next one. This one's the bird dog. Many of you have done it. But again, we're looking at this to evaluate a couple things. So first, begin on your hands and your knees. Your hands and knees 
are shoulder width apart. Your hands are directly under your shoulders and your knees are directly under your hips. Keep a braced neutral spine and at the same time, reach and point out with your right arm and reach back with your left leg. So the opposites, similar to the previous exercise, we're just going the opposite direction. What you're doing is you're aiming to fully extend both limbs while balancing and maintaining that braced neutral spine. If I drew a line from your extended hand through your trunk to your extended foot, it would be a straight horizontal line like a table. So you're trying to get flat. From this position, bring the extended arm and leg down and across your body. So bringing those arms and legs down and aim to touch your right elbow to your left knee. They should make contact right around your midsection. And after they touch, repeat the movement and extend both your arms and leg as well. Uh, all while avoiding losing balance or touching the floor with the moving arm and leg. Of course, you want to repeat with the opposite arm and leg. You've knocked out two. Move on to the third one here. Third one, high knee raised with eyes closed. So stand with your feet shoulder width apart uh, with a braced trunk and a neutral spine. Shift your weight to your left leg and slowly lift your right leg up by flexing or bending your knee as high as possible without using your arms. Hold that position for three seconds and then slowly return to the start. Next, repeat the same movement but with your eyes closed and compare the first and the second movement, being mindful of your balance and movement at the hips. So did you feel your hips shifting to the left or the right or were you able to stabilize the hips throughout the movement? So repeat this sequence on the opposite side as well. Finally, single leg T balance. So the letter T, T balance. Like the last exercise, stand with your feet shoulder width apart and a brace trunk as well as a neutral spine. This time, raise both arms overhead and hold them there throughout the movement. Shift your weight to your left leg Create a soft bend in the knee, so a little knee flexion, bend that knee a little bit, and keep that knee in the position through the entire movement. Now, begin the movement with a hip hinge or moving your hips posteriorly or back. Moving those hips back, and as they move back, flex the upper body forward or lean forward and bring the right leg up and back behind you. So you're bending over, balancing on one leg, Leg is going back, arms and upper body are going forward. Keep the arms and right legs straight and aim to get them parallel to the floor. So you should look like the capital letter T at the end of this movement. Now pull yourself back into the start position using your glutes, your hamstrings, and your lower back. And notice any changes in your balance or your ability to control the movement smoothly. Uh, and ask yourself, can you achieve this position? were you able to form the letter T? So those four exercises obviously are representing something. You know, full disclosure here. Uh, they're, they're representing the muscle slings. How did you score? How did you score? So was it three across the board or were there a few that you could use some work? Were there some of these exercises where one side was a three, the other side was a one? This is great information because like I said, these exercises challenge the four primary slings. So if there was one that you struggled with the most, you might want to focus on improving that one first and then progress to the others. So this episode was really deep in, in the 
foundation of slings. And so in my next episode, I'm going to identify the four slings and then I'm going to provide exercises that you can use to target and then improve those specific systems. So today, hopefully you got some great insight into what these slings are, why they're so important. And next time, we're going to dive in to the exercises you can use to really improve these slings to improve your overall movement patterns as well as that muscle contribution. Thanks everyone so much for tuning in. It means the world to me and I really appreciate uh, you and I appreciate your efforts to to listen and tune into the podcast. If if you really like this content, if you dig it, head over to moretomovement.com slash email to sign up for a weekly email with a dose of the means and mindset to level up your fitness, movement, and your life. Again, that's moretomovement.com forward slash email. And I look forward to chatting with you next time. Take care of yourselves. And remember, wherever you are, keep moving. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of More to Movement with your host, Pete Rowletter. If you enjoyed the show, please visit moretomovement.com where you can find this episode's show notes along with more episodes and articles to empower you on your journey.